Hi, today we are going to read The Twits by Roald Dahl, illustrated by Question Blake. Chapter 1 Hairy Faces What a lot of a lot of hairy faced men there are around nowadays. When a man goes here all over his face, it is it's impossible to tell what he really looks like. Perhaps that's why he does it. He rather you than know. Then there's the problem of washing. When the very hairy ones wash their faces, it must be a big job as when you and I wash the hair on our heads. So what I want to know is this. How often do all these hairy faced men wash their faces? It is only once a week like us on Sunday nights. And do they shampoo it? Do they use a hair dryer? Do they rub hair tonic in to stop their faces from going bald? Do they go to a barber to have their hairy face cut and trimmed on? Do they do it? themselves in front of the bathroom ever near scissors? I don't know. But next time we'll see a man with a hairy face which will probably be as soon as you stepped out on to the street. Maybe you'll look at him more closely and start wondering about some of these things. Chapter 2 Mr. Twit. Chapter 2. Mr. Twit. Mr. Twit was one of these very hairy-faced men. The whole of his face except for his forehead, his eyes and his nose was covered with thick hair. The stuff even spouted in velocity troughs out of his nostrils and ear holes. Mr. Twit felt that this hairiness made him look terrifically wild and grand. But in truth, he was neither of these things. Mr. Twit was a twit. He was, a, was born a twit. And now at the age of 60, he's a bigger twit than ever. The hair of Mr. Twit's face didn't grow smooth and matted as it does on most hairy-faced men. It grew in spikes that stuck out straight like the bristles of a nail brush. And how did Often did Mr. Twit wash this bristly nail brush face of this. The answer never, not even on Sundays, had then washed it for years. Chapter 3 Dirty Bears. Chapter 3 Dirty Bears. As you know, an ordinary, 
only have a face like yours and mine simply gets a little smudgy if it's not washed often enough and there's nothing so awful about that. But the hair face is different matter. Things cling to hair, especially food. Things like gravy go white and among the hairs and see that. An eye can wipe our smooth faces with a final and we quickly look more or less all white again. But the hairy man cannot do that. We can also, if we are careful, eat our meals without spreading food all over our faces, but not so the hairy man. Watch carefully next time you will see a hairy man eating his lunch and you'll notice that even if he opens his mouth very wide, it is impossible for him to get a spoonful of peace chew or ice cream and chocolate sauce into it without leaving some of it on the hairs. Mr. Tweet didn't even bother to open his mouth wide when he ate. As a result, and because he never washed, they were always hundreds of bits of old breakfast and lunches and suppers taken to the house upon his face. They weren't big beds, mind you, because he used to wipe those off with the back of his hand or on his sleeve while he was eating. But if you look closely, not that you have you ever want to, you would see tiny little specks of dried up scrambled eggs stuck to the hair and Spanish and potato ketchup and fish fingers and minced chicken livers and the other disgusting things. Mr. Twit like to eat. If you look closer, hold your noses, lady and gentlemen. If you peer deep on your mustache, bristles sticking on over his upper lip, you would probably see much larger objects that had escaped the wipe of his hand. Things that have been there for months and months, like a piece of maggoty green cheese or a muddy or cornflake or even the slimy tail of a tiny stardust. Because of all this, Mr. Tread never went really hungry. 
by sticking off his tongue and curling it sideways to explore the heavy jungle around his mouth. He was always able to find a tasty marshmallow here and there to nibble. What I'm tell, trying to tell you is that Mr. Twitch was a fool, foul, and smelly old man. He was also an extremely horrid old man, as you will find out in a moment. Chapter 4 Mrs. Twit Chapter 4 Mrs. Twit Mrs. Twit was no better than her husband. She did not, of course, have a hairy face. It was a pity she didn't because then that at any rate she would have hidden some of her fearful ugliness. Take a look at her. Have you seen it? Ever seen a woman with an uglier face than that? I doubt it. The funny thing is, Mrs. Twitt wasn't born ugly. She had quite a nice face when she was young. The ugliness had grown upon her year by year as she got older. Why would that happen? I'll tell you why. If a person has ugly thoughts, it begins to show on his face. And when the and when the person has ugly thoughts every day, every week, every year the face gets uglier and uglier until it gets so ugly that you can hardly bear to look at it. person who has good thought can not ever be ugly. You have and have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth but if you have good thoughts you would shine out your face like sunbeams and you would always look lovely mm. nothing shine out of Mrs. Twitch's face in her white hand she carried a walking stick she used to tell people that this because she had watched going on the sole of her left foot and walking was painful. The real reason she carried the stick so that she could hit things with it like things like dogs and cats and small children. And then the, there was the glass eye. 
Mrs. Twit had a glass eye that was always looking the other way. Chapter 5 The Glass Eye You can play a lot of tricks with the glass eye because you can take it out and pop it back again anytime you like. You can bet your life Mrs. Twit knew all the tricks. One morning she took out her glass eye and dropped it into Mr. Twig's mug of beer when he wasn't looking. Mr. Twit sat there drinking the beer slowly. The thought made a white ring on the hair around his mouth. He wiped the white foot on to his sleeve and wiped his sleeve on his trousers. Something, Mrs. Twig said, keeping her back eye turned so he wouldn't see just taking out her glass eye. Whenever you go all quiet like that, you are well and like that and know very well that you're plotting something. Mr. Mrs. Twitch was right. Mr. Twitch was plotting away like mad. He was trying to think up a really nasty trick he could play on that his wife that they are. You better be careful. Mrs. Twit said, because when I see you starting the plot, I want you like a warm mat. Oh, do shut up, you old hag. Mr. Twit said. He went on drinking his beer, and his evil mind kept working away on the last harvester. Latest hard trick he was going to play on the old woman. Sally asked Mr. Twit tipped the last drop of beer down his throat. He caught sight of Mrs. Twit of the glass eye staring up at him from the bottom of the mark. It made him jump. I told you I was watching you, cackled Mrs. Twit. I've got eyes everywhere, so you better be careful. The Frog Chapter 6 The Frog To prepare her back for the glass eye in his beer, Mr. Twit decided he would put a frog in Mrs. Twit's bed cut a big one down by the pond and carried it back 
Stanley in a book. That night, when Mr. Twit was in the bathroom getting ready for bed, Mr. Twit slipped the frog between her sheets. Then he went into his own bed and waited for the fun to begin. Mrs. Twit came back and climbed into her bed and put on the light. She lay there in the dark, scratching her tummy. Her tummy was itching. Dirty old hacks like her always have itchy tummies. Then all at once she felt something cold and slimy crawling over her feet. She screamed. What's the matter with you? Mr. Twit said. Here. Scream Mrs. Twit. Bumping along. There's something in my bed. I bet it's that giant skilly wigger I saw on the floor just now, Mr. Twit said. That's what? Screamed Mrs. Twit. I tried to kill it away, but it got away. Mr. Twit said, it got Teeth like good virus. Help! Screamed Mrs. Twit. Same is all over my feet. It'll bite off your toes. Said Mr. Twit. Mrs. Twit fainted. Mr. Twit got out of bed and fetched a drug jug of cold water. Poured the water over Mrs. Twit said to receive her. The fall crawled up from under the seats to get near the water. It started jumping above under the pillow. Frog loved water. This one was having a good time. When Mrs. Twit came to, the fork had just jumped onto her face. This is not a nice thing to anyone in bed at night. She screamed again. By golly, it is a giant skillywigger. Mr. Twit said, it will bite off your nose. Mrs. Twit leapt out of bed and flew downstairs and spent the night on the sofa. The frog went to sleep on her pillow. The Wormy Spaghetti Chapter 7 The Wormy Spaghetti The next day, to pay Mr. Twit back for the frog, Twig, Mrs. Twit sneaked out into the garden and dug out up some worms. She chose big long ones and put them in a tin and carried 
getting back to the house under her apron. At one o'clock, she cooked spaghetti for lunch. She baked the worms and the spaghetti, but only on her husband's plate. The worms didn't show because everything was covered with tomato sauce and sprinkled with cheese. My spaghetti is moving, cried Mr. Tritt, poking around it with his fork. It's a new kind, Mrs. Tritt said, taking a mouthful from her own plate, which of course had no worms. It's called great deep spaghetti. It's delicious. Eat it up while it's nice and hot. Mr. Twist studied it and twisted the long tomato into his mouth. Then there was tomato sauce all over everything. It's not as good as the ordinary kind, he said, talking with enough food. It's too squishy. I find it very tasty, Mrs. Twist said. She was watching him from the other end of the table. It gave her great pleasure to watch him eat in rooms. I find it rather bitter, Mr. Tritt said. It's got a distinctly bitter fever, but the other kind next time. Mrs. Tritt waited until Mr. Tritt had eaten the whole flavor. Then she said, you want to know why your spaghetti was squashy? Mr. Tritt wiped the tomato sauce from his bed with a corner of this tablecloth. Why? And why did it have a nasty, nasty bit? Why? He said. Because it was worms! cried Mr. Twip, clapping her hands and stamping her feet on the floor and walking with horrible laughter. The funny walking stick. for the worms in his spaghetti. Mr. Twit thought it really a really clever nasty trick. One night when the old woman was asleep, he crept out of bed and took her walking stick downstairs to his workshop. There he stuck a tiny one piece of wood no thicker than the pen. You're on top of the bottom to a stick. This made the stick longer. 
but the difference was so small. Next morning, Miss Twit didn't notice it. The following night, Mr. Twit stuck on another tiny bit of wood. Every night, he crept downstairs and added the extra tiny thickness of wood to the end of the walking stick. He did it very neatly so that the extra bit looked like a part of the wall stick. Gradually, but oh, so gradually, Mrs. Twit walking stick was getting longer and longer. Now when something is going very slowly, it is um, almost impossible to know it's happening. You yourself, for example, are actually growing taller every day that goes by, but don't you think it would you? It's happening so slowly, you can't even notice it from one week to the next. It was the same with Mrs. Tritt's walking stick. It was also slow and gradual that she didn't know how long it was getting even when it was halfway up to her shoulder. The stick's too long for you, Mr. Stick said to her one day. Why? So it is, Mrs. Tritt said, looking at the stick. I have a feeling that there was something wrong, but... I couldn't, for the life of me, think what it was. There's something wrong, all right, Mr. Tritt said, beginning to enjoy himself. What can have happened, Mrs. Tritt said, staring at her all working stick. It must certainly have gone longer. Don't be a fool! Mr. Twitch said, How can a walking stick properly go longer? It's made of dead wood. Is it it? Dead wood can't go. Then what on earth has happened? cried Mr. Twitch. Mrs. Twitch. It's not a stick, it's you, said Mr. Twitch, grinning horribly. It's you that's getting shattered. I've been noticing for some time now. That's not true, cried Mrs. Twit. Let's wing it, woman, said Mr. Twit. It's not possible. Oh, yes, it's job. Well, is, said Mr. Twit. We are swinging fast. We are swinging dangerously fast. Why, you must have swung at least a foot in the last few days. Never, she cried. Of course you have. Take a look at your stick, your old gold, and see how much you have swung in comparison. You've got the swings, that's what you've got. You've got the dreaded shakes. Mrs. Twit began to feel so trembly, she had to sit down.
Chapter Nine. Mister Tr- Mrs. Twit has just drinks. As soon as Mrs. Twit sat down, Mister Twit pointed at her and shouted, "There you are! You're sitting in your old chair, and you have drunk so much, your feet aren't even touching the ground." Mrs. Twit looks down at her feet, and by golly, the man was right. Her feet were not touching the ground. Mr. Twit, you see, has been just as clever with the chair as he'd been with the walking stick. Every night, when it gone downstairs and stuck a little bit extra to the stick, he had done the same to the four legs of the Mrs. Twit's chair. Just look at your sitting. You sitting there in your same old chair. He cried. You are wrong so much. Your feet are dangling in the air. Mrs. Twit went with right of fear. You have got his wings, cried Mrs. Mr. Twit, pointing his finger at her like a pistol. You have got the bad, them badly. You have got the most terrible case of wings I've ever seen. Mrs. Twit became so frightened she began to dribble. But Mr. Twit, still remembering the worms in his spaghetti, didn't feel sorry for her at all. I, suppose you know what happens to you when you get the shrinks, he said. What? Gaps. Mrs. Twit. What happens? Your head shrinks in your neck, and your neck shrinks into your body, and your body shrinks into your legs, and your legs shrink into your feet, and in the end, there's nothing left except a pair of shoes and a bundle of old clothes. I can't bear it," cried Mrs. Twit. "It's a terrible disease," said Mr. Twit. "The worst in the world." How long have I got?" cried Mrs. Twit. "How long before I finished up a bundle of old clothes and a pair of shoes?" Mr. Twit put on a very solemn face. At the rate you are going," he said, shaking his head sadly. "I said not, say, no, not much, more than ten or eleven days. But is there anything we can do?" cried Mrs. Twit. "There's only one cure for this way," said Mrs. Mr. Twit. 
please be quiet or tell me quickly. We'll have to hurry, said Mr. Trick. I'm ready. I'll hurry. I'll do anything you say, cried Mrs. Trick. You won't last long if you don't, said Mr. Trick, giving her another grizzly grin. What if is I must do? Quite. Mrs. Twit clutching her cheek. You've got to be stretched, said Mr. Chapter 10. Mrs. Twit gets a stretching. Mr. Twit let Mrs. Twit outdoors when he had everything ready for the great stretching. He had 100 balloons and lots of twins. He had a gas. Cylinder for fixing the balloons. He had fixed the iron ring onto the ground. Stand here, he said, pointing to the iron ring. He tied, then tied Mrs. Twist's ankles to the iron ring. And that was done. He began filling the balloons with gas. Each balloon was on a long string and when it was filled up with gas, it put on a string trying to go up and up. And up. Mr. Twit tied the ends of the strings to the top half of Mrs. Twit's body. Some tied on her neck, some under her arms, some to her wrist, and some even to her hair. Soon there were fifty colored balloons floating in the air below Mrs. Twit's head. Can you feel them stretching you? Mr. Twit. I can! I can! cried Mrs. Twit. They're stretching like mad. He put on another ten balloons. The upward became very strong. Mrs. Twit was quite helpless now. Her feet. Tied to the ground. And her arms were upward by the balloon, she was unable to move. She was a prisoner, and Mr. Twit had intended to go away and leave her like that for a couple of days and might nice to teach her a lesson. In fact, he was just about to leave when Mrs. Twit opened her big mouth and said something silly. Are you sure my feet are tied properly to the ground? She gasped. If those strings around my ankles break, it will be goodbye for me. And that's what gave Mr. Twist his second nasty idea. Chapter 11 Mrs. Twit goes ballooning up. Chapter 11 Mrs. Twit goes ballooning up. There's enough way to put here 
to take me to the moon. This is Twit Kordash. To take you to the moon? exclaimed Mr. Twit. What a ghastly thought. We won't like to want anything like that to happen. Oh, Jimmy, no. We most certainly wouldn't, cried Mrs. Twit. Put some more string around my ankles quickly. I want to feel absolutely stiff. Well, well, angry, said Mr. Twit. And with a glowing skin grin on his lips, he knelt down at her feet. He took a knife from his pocket and with one quick flash he cut to the string holding Mrs. Twit's ankles to the iron ring. She ran up like a rocket. Help! she screamed. Save me! But there was no saving her now. In a few seconds she was high up the blue sky and climbing fast. Mr. Twit stood below Looking up, what a pretty sight, he said to himself. How lovely all those balloons look in the sky. And how, what a marvelous bit of luck for me. And the last old hag is lost and gone forever. Chapter 2, Mrs. Twit comes ballooning down. Chapter 12, Mrs. Twit comes ballooning down. Mrs. Twit may have been ugly and she Maybe beastly, but she's not stupid. High up there in the sky, said the bright idea. If I can get rid of some of these balloons, she said to herself, I'll stop going up and start to come down. She began bitting through the strings that held the balloons to her wrist and arms and neck and hair. Each time she bit to a string and let the balloon flow away, the upward got, got less and her weight of climb slowed down. When she had bitten to 20 strings, she stopped going up altogether. She stayed still in the air. She bit to one more string. Very, very slowly she began to flow downward. It was a calm way. There was no wind at all. And because of this, Mrs. Twit had gone absolutely straight up. She now began to come absolutely straight down. As she floated gently down, Mrs. Twit's bit caught Bernard out like a parachute, showing her long knickers. It was a grand sight on a glorious day, and thousands of birds came flying in from miles toward the stair and extraordinary old woman in the sky. Chapter 13. Mr. Twit gets a horror shock. Chapter 13. Mr. Twit gets a horror shock. Mr. Twit, who thought he has seen for his ugly wife, for the last time he was sitting in the garden, celebrating with the monk of beer. Silently, Mrs. Twit came floating down, and she was about the height of a house above Mr. Twit, she suddenly called from at the top of her wrist. Here come you greasy old gullum. You have rotten old tulip. You fill the old farm pit. Mr. Twit gave a jump in the air till he had been stung by a giant dress. 
He dropped his beer. He looked up. He gasped. He, he gurgled. A few choking sounds came out from his legs. Ah! He said, I'll get you for this, shouted Mrs. Twig. She was floating down right on top of him. He was probably with these and slashing the air with her long walking stick when she came somehow managed to hang all the time. I'll switch you to the saddle, she shouted. I'll switch you to the saddle. She shouted, I'll switch you to the saddle. I'll get you in the garden. I'll guard you in the garden. And before Mr. Twit had time to run away, this bundle of balloon and play court and Fiery floor landed right on top of him, lashing out with a stick and crackling on him on his, over his body. The house, the tree, and the monkey cage. Chapter 14. The house, the tree, and the monkey cage. But that's enough of that. We can't go forever watching those two disgusting people doing disgusting things to each other. We must get ahead with the story. Here's a picture of Mr. and Mrs. Tritt's house and garden. Some house. It looks like a prison. Not a window anywhere. Who wants windows? Mr. Tritt said he said, had said when they were building it. Who wants? Every Tom, Dick and Harry peeping in to see what you're doing. It then occurred to Mr. Twitt that windows were meant mainly for looking off out, but looking into. And do you think of that gusty garden? Mr. Mrs. Twitt was a gardener. She was very good at going to schools and spike. Stinging nettles. I always go plenty of spiky testers and plenty of stinging nettles, she used to say. They keep out nasty, nosy little children. Near the house, you can see Mr. Twist's workshed. To one side, there's a big dead tree. It never has any leaves because it's dead. And from far... From the tree, you can see the monkey cage. There are four monkeys in it. They belong to Mr. Twitch. You'll hear about them later. Chapter 15 Huggy, tight, sticky glue. Once a week on Wednesdays, the Twitch had bird pie for supper. Mr. Twitch caught the bird and Mrs. Twitch cooked them. Mr. Twitch was good at catching birds. On the day before Bird Pie's day, he put the ladder up against the big dead tree and climbed into the bunches with a bucket of glue and paintbrush. The glue he used was something called Huckpite. And it was thicker than any glue in the world. He would paint it along the tops of the branches and then go away. As the sun went down, 
the birds fly from all around to roost for the night in the big dead tree. They didn't know poor things that the branches were all smeared with horrible head tide. The moment they landed on a branch, their feet stuck. And that was that. The next morning, which was bird by day, Mr. Twit would climb up the ladder again and grab all the wretched birds that were stuck to this tree. It didn't matter what kind they were, some thrushes, leopards, sparrows, crows, little jenny wrens, robins, anything. They all went into the pot of Wednesday's birth pie supper. Chapter 16 Four sticky little boys. On one Tuesday evening, after Mr. Tweet had been up the ladder and smeared the tree with hot tide, four little boys crept in the garden to look at the monkeys. They didn't care about the testers and singing nettles, not when they were monkeys to look at. After a while, they got tired of looking at the monkeys, so they explored further into the garden and found a ladder leaning against the big dead tree. They decided to climb it just for fun. There's nothing wrong with that. The next morning, when Mr. Tweet went out to collect the birds, he found four miserable boys sitting in the trees, stuck as tight could be by the seats of the pants to the branches. There were no birds because the prince of the boys had scared them away. Mr. Tweet was furious. As there are no words for my pie tonight, she shouted. Then I, it will have to be boy instead. He started to climb by the ladder. Boy pie might be better than bird pie, he went on. Grin horribly. More meat and not so many tiny little bones. The boys were terrified. He's going to boil us, cried one of them. He'll steal us alive, cried the second one. He will cook us with carrots, cried the third. But the four-legged boy had more sense than the others whispered. Listen, I just had an idea. We are only stuck by the seats of our pants. So quick, unbutton your pants and slip them out from and fall to the ground. Mr. Twitch reached, had reached on top of the ladder and just about to make it, make it well for the nearest boy. When they all suddenly tumbled out from the tree and ran for home with their naked bottom wing in the sun.
Chapter 17 The Great Upside Down Monkey Circus. Now for the monkeys. The four monkeys in the cage in the garden were all one's family. They were Muggle Mom and his wife and their two small children. But what on earth were Mr. and Mrs. Quit going to do? Doing with monkeys in the garden. Well, in the old days, they had both worked in a circus in a monkey trainer. They used to teach monkeys and do tricks and to dress up in human clothes and smoke pipes and all the rest of that nonsense. Today, although they were Returned. Mr. Tweet still wanted to train monkeys. It was his dream that one monkey circus in the world. This meant that the monkeys had to do everything upside down. They had to dance upside down, or with their hands with feet in the air. They had to play football upside down. They had to balance one on top of the other upside down. With monkey one at the bottom and the smallest baby monkey at the very top. They had even to do ring upside down. And that's not the easy thing. Be Things to do because the food and water go have to go up to your throat instead of down it. In fact, it's almost impossible, but the monkeys simply had to do it, otherwise, they got nothing. Well, this sounds pretty silly to you and me. It Sounded pretty silly to the monkeys too. They absolutely hated having to do this upside down nonsense day after day. It made them giddy standing on the head for hours on end. Sometimes the two small monkey children would faint with so much blood going to their heads. But Mr. Twit didn't care about that. He kept them practicing for six hours every day. And if they didn't do as they were told, Mrs. Twit would soon come running with her beastly stick. The roly poly bird to the rescue. Chapter 18 The Roly Poly Bird to the Rescue Miss Mum Muggle Wump and his family longed to escape from the cage in Mr. Twist's garden and go back from the African jungle where they came from. 
They hated Mr. and Mrs. Trick for making their life so miserable. They also hated them what they did to the birds every Tuesday and Wednesday. Fly away, birds! They used to shout, jump in a box, in the cage, and wave in the arm. Don't sit on that big dead tree. It just been smeared all with sticky glue. Go and sit somewhere else. But these were English words and they couldn't understand that the weird African language monkeys spoke. So they took no notice and went using the big dead tree. And getting caught for Mr. Twist's pyre. Mrs. Twist's pyre. Then one day, a truly magnifying bird flew down the sky and landed on the monkey's head. <gasps> Good heavens! cried all the monkeys together. It's the world party bird. What on earth are you doing? Oh, she in England, Wally Polly bird. Like the monkeys, the Wally Polly bird came from Africa and he spoke the same language that they did. I've come for a holiday, said the Wally Polly bird. I like to travel. He fluffed his marvelous color feathers and looked down rather gradually at the monkeys. For most people, he went on, flying away for a holiday. Away for a holiday is very expensive, but I can fly anywhere in the world. Or nothing. Do you know how to talk in these to these English words? Monkey Wombatsy. Of course I do, said the Oli Poli Bird. It's no good going to a country not knowing the language. Then you must hurry, said Monkey Wombatsy. Today is Tuesday and over there you can already see the revolution. Mr. Twitch up the ladder painting sticky glue on it, the branches of the big dead tree. This evening where the bird come into war, you must want them not to perch on that tree or they would be made into bird pie. That evening, the woolly poly bird flew round and round the big dead tree singing out. The sea stuff all over the tree. If you land in the branches, you'll never get free. So fly away, fly away, stay up high. Are you gonna finish tomorrow in a hot bird pie? Chapter 19 No bird for Mr. Twit! Chapter 19 No bird for Mr. Twit! The next morning, when Mr. Twit came out with his huge bun, 
get to snatch all the birds from the big dead tree, there wasn't a single one in it. There was all sitting on the top of the monkey cage. The woolly woolly bird was there as well, and Mongol Womp and his family were inside the cage, and the whole lot of them were laughing at Mr. Twit. Chapter 20 Still no pie for Mr. Twit. Mr. Twitch wasn't going to wait another week for his bird pie supper. He loved bird pie. It was his favorite meal. So the very same day, he went after the birds again. This time, he smeared all the top bars of the monkey cage with sticky glue and red the branches of the big dead tree. Now get you, he said, whichever one you sit on. The monkeys crouch underneath the cage watching all this. And later on, when the woolly-poly bird came swooping in for an evening chat, they shouted out, Don't land our cage, woolly-poly bird! It's color wood and sticky glue. So is the tree. And that evening, the sun went down and all the birds came again to roost. The woolly poly bird flew round and round the monkey cage and the big dead tree singing out his warning. This sticky stuff now on the cage and the tree. If you land on either, you'll never get free. So fly away, fly away, stay up high. Are you finished? Up to Morin Hardware Pie. Chapter 21. Mr. and Mrs. Twit go off to buy guns. The next morning when Mr. Twit came out with his huge basket, not a single bird, bird was sitting on Either the monkey kid or the big dead tree. They were all perched happily on the roof of Mr. Twit's house. The woolly poly bird was up there as well as the monkeys were in the cage and the whole lot of them were huging with laughter at Mr. Twit. I write that silly laughter. Off your beaks, Mr. Twit screamed at the bird. I'll get you next time, you little leather flops. I'll wing off your necks, the whole lot of you, and you'll have a win in this part for bird time before this day is out. How are you going to do that? asked Mrs. Twit, who had come outside to see what the noise was about. I won't have you smearing sticky glue and over the roof at your house. Mr. Twit got very excited. I've got a great idea, he cried. He didn't bother to keep his voice down because he didn't think the monkeys could understand. We'll both go in the town right away and we'll buy a gun each. 
He shouted, "How's that? Brilliant!" Quite, Mrs. Red grinning and showing her long yellow teeth. We'll buy those big shotguns that can spray out fifty bullets or more than each bang. Exactly," said Mr. Twit. "Look up the house. Lock up the house while I go and make sure the monkeys are safely shut away." Mr. Twit went off. Over to the monkey cage. Attention! He barked in his fierce and monkey trainer voice. Upstairs, I'll duck you and jump it. One on top of the other. Quick! Get on it, or you'll feel Mrs. Twist stick across your backside. Obediently, the poor monkey stood on the hands and clambered one on top of the other. With Mongoose Wump at the bottom, and the smallest child at the very top. Now stay there till we come back, Mister Pitt ordered. Don't you dare to move, and don't over back. Then, when we return in two hours or three hours times, I shall. Expect to find you all in exactly the same position as you are now. You understand? With that, Mr. Twit marched away. Mrs. Twit went with him. All the monkeys were left alone with the bird. Chapter twenty-two. Mugglewump has an idea. As soon as Mr. and Mrs. Twit had disappeared down the road, the monkeys all flipped back on their feet the right way up. Quick, get the key! Mugglewump called out to the woolly poly bird, who was still sitting on the roof of the house. What key? shouted the woolly poly bird. The keys to the door of a Cage, cried Mugglewump. It's hanging on a nail in the workshed. That's where he always puts it. The wobbly-pobbly bird flew down and came back with the key in his beak. Mugglewump reached his hand toward the bars of the cage and took the trail. He. Put it in the lock and turned it. The door opened. All four monkeys looked out together. We are free, cried the two little ones. Where shall we go, Dad? Where shall we hide? Don't get excited, said Mugglewump. Calm down, everybody. Before we sleep. From this beastly place, we have one very important thing to do. What? Jackson, we are going to turn those terrible trips upside down. We are going to do what? Because you must be joking, Dad. I'm not joking. I'm going to. We're turn 
going to turn both Mr. and Mrs. Tweet upside down with their legs in the air. Don't be ridiculous, the Wally Polly Bird said. How can we possibly turn to to magnetic old monsters upside down? We can, we can, cried Miss Muggle Mump. We are going to make him stand on the heads for hours and hours. Have forever. Let me let them see what it feels like for a change. How? The one the bird. Just tell me how. Muggle Mump lay his head on one side and a tiny twinkling little smile touch the corners of his mouth. Now and again, he said, but not very often. I have a brilliant idea. This is one of them. Follow me, my friends. Follow me. He scampered. On towards the house and the three other monkeys, and the woolly poly bird went after him. Buckets and paint brushes, quite muggle warm. That's what we need next. There are plenty in the workshop. Hurry up, everyone. Get a bunk bucket and a paint brush. Inside Mr. Tweet's workshop, there was an enormous pair of hot sticky gloves, the stuff he used for catching birds. Fill your buckets, Muggle Womp ordered. We are now going to into the big house. Mr. Tweet had hidden the key from the front door under the mat. Mugglewump had seen her doing it, so it was easy for them to get in. And there went all four monkeys with their buckets of sticky glue. With the bucket, then came the woolly poly bird flying after them. With a bucket in his beak and a brush in his claw. Chapter 23 the great glue painting begins. This is the living room. Now the mongrel womp. The grand and glorious living room where those two rifles, fontes, freaks eat bird pie every week for supper. Please don't mention bird pie again, said the woolly poly bird. It gave me the shudders. I mustn't waste time, cried Mugglewump. <coughs> hurry up, hurry up. Now the first thing is this. I want everyone to paint sticky glue all over the ceiling. Cover it all. Smear it 
in every corner, over the ceiling. They cried. Why the ceiling? Never mind. Why? Shouted Uncle Wong. Just do as you're told and don't argue. But how do we get up there? They asked. We can't reach. Monkeys can reach anywhere. Shouted Uncle Wong. He was in a frenzy of excitement now. Waving his paintbrush and his bucket and leaping about in all over the world. Come on, come on, jump on the table, stand on the chairs, hop on each other's shoulders. Holy, holy can do it, lying. Don't stand here gasping. We have to hurry up. Don't you understand that those terrible twists will be back any moment, and this time you'll have guns. Get on with it, for heaven's sake! Get on with it, and so the great groupings of the ceiling began. All the other birds who had been sitting on the wall flew in to help, carrying paintbrushes in the claws and beaks. We got buzzards, magpies, wolves, wabbins, and many more. Even was splashing away like mad, and so with so many helpers, the job was soon. The carpet goes on the ceiling. What's now? They all said, looking at Mugglewump. Aha, quite Mugglewump. Now for the farm. Now for the greatest upside down trick all of all the time. Are you ready? We are ready, said the monkeys. We are ready," said the bird. "Pull out the carpet!" shouted Muggy Wump. "Pull this huge carpet out down the furniture and stick it out on the ceiling." "Oh, on the ceiling!" cried one of the small monkeys. "But that's impossible, Dad. I'll stick you on the ceiling if you don't shut up!" snapped. He's dirty! They cried. He's barmy! He's nutty! He's screwy! He's wacky! cried the roly poly bird. Poor old muggle has gone on his wombat last. Oh, do stop shouting such rubbish and give me a hand, said must Mungle Wump catch and hold off the corner on the carpet. Pull your neck twister! The carpet was enormous! It covered the entire floor from wall to wall. It had a red and gold pattern in it. 
it's not easy to go pull a enormous carpet off the floor when the room is full of tables and chairs. Pull! <laughs> yes. Muggle one. Pull, pull! Pull! He was like a demon humming around the room and telling everybody what to do. But you couldn't blame him. After months and months of standing on his head with his family, he couldn't wait for the time when the terrible Chris would be doing the same thing. At least that's what he hoped. With the monkeys and the birds all pulling at Puffin, the carpet was dragged on the floor and finally hoisted up the ceiling. And there it stuck. All at once, the whole ceiling of the living room was carpeted in red and gold. The furniture goes up. Mm -mm. Chapter 25 The furniture goes up. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Now the table, the big table, shouted Mother Wong. Turn the table upside down and put a dollop of the glue of the bottom of each leg. Then we shall stick on that ceiling as well. Hosting the big table upside down on the ceiling was not an easy job, but they managed it in the end. Will it stay there and the quiet? Is the glue strong enough to hold it up? It's the strongest glue in the world. The special bird catching, bird killing glue for smearing on trees. Please, said Wally Pearly Bird. I've asked you before you not to mention that subject. How would you li like if it was monkey pie? They made every Wednesday and all your friends have been boiled up and I went on talking about it. I do beg on your pardon, Mother I'm so excited. I hardly know what I'm saying. Now the chairs. Do the same with the chairs. All the chairs must be upside down to the ceiling. And in the right places. Oh, do hurry up, everybody. Any moment now, those two really freaks are going to come rushing in there with their guns. The monkeys, with the birds helping them, put glue on the bottom of each chair leg and hoisted them to the sea. Now the smaller tables shouted, Muggle Womp and the big sofa.
and the sideboard and the lamps and the tiny little thing, the ashtrays, the ornaments, and this beastly belonging gone on the sidewalk. Everything absolutely, everything must be stuck to the ceiling. It was terrible hard work. It was especially different, difficult to stick everything on the ceiling in exactly its right place, but they got it done in the end. But now, said the wally, asked the wally wally boy, was out of breath and so tired he could hardly flap his wings. Now the pictures quite mongrel wump. Turn all the picture upside down. And one of you birds please flat out on the wood to the wood and watch to see with those frumpish freaks are coming back. I'll go, said the woolly poly bird. I'll sit on the telephone wires and keep guard. You'll give me rest. Chapter 26 The Ravens Pooped Over They were only just finished the job when the woolly bird came swooping and screaming. Yes, coming back. They are coming back. Quickly, the bird flew back on the wolf on the house. The monkeys rushed into the cage and stood upside down, one on top of the other. A moment later, Mr. and Mrs. Tweet came marching into the garden, each carrying a fearsome look gun. I'm glad to see those monkeys are still upside down, said Mr. Tweet. That's too stupid to do anything else, said Mrs. Tweet. Here, look at... All those cheeky birds still up there on the wolf. Let's go inside in our lovely new guns and then it'll be bang, bang, bang! And bird pie for supper. Just as Mr. and Mrs. Twit were about to enter the house to Black ravens swoop long low over their heads. Each bird carried a paintbrush in its claw, and each paintbrush was smeared with sticky glue. As the ravens whizzed over, they brushed the stick of sticky glue to the top of Mr. and Mrs. Tritt's head. They did it with the lightest touch, but even so, the Tritt's what felt it? What is that? cried Mrs. Twit. Some beastly bird has dropped his dirty droppings on my head. On mine too, shouted Mr. Twit. I felt it, I felt it. Don't touch it, cried Mrs. Twit. Could get it all over your hands. Come inside and we'll wash it at the sink. The well, dirty brutes, yelled Mr. Twit. I bet they did it on purpose. 
Just wait till I've loaded my gun. Mr. Tweet called the key from under the doormat where everyone had carefully replaced it and into the house they went. Chapter 27 The twists are turned upside down. What's this, Caps? Mr. Twit as he entered the little room. What happened? screamed Mrs. Twit. They stood in the middle of the room, looking up. All the furniture, the big table, the chairs and the sofa, the lamps, the little side table, the carpet with bottles and beer in it, the almost electric power, the carpet, everything was stuck upside down to the ceiling. The pictures were upside down on the walls and the floor was were standing on was absolutely bare. What's more, it had been painted white to look like the ceiling. <gasps> look! screamed Mrs. Tritt. That's the floor. The floor's up here. Yeah, this is the ceiling. We are standing on the ceiling. We are upside down, gasped Mr. Twitch. We must be upside down. We are standing on the ceiling, looking down at the floor. Wait, help! screamed Mrs. Twitch. Help, help, help! I beginning to feel giddy so I am so my arm quite Mr. Twit I don't like this one bit we are upside down and all the blood is going to my head screamed Mrs. Twit if we don't do something quickly I shall die I know I will I've got it quite Mr. Twit I know what we will do we'll stand on the hips then any of you will be the right way up. So they stood on the head and of course, the moment on top of the head touched the floor, the sticky glow that the rabbits had brushed in a few moments before they did the job, they were stuck. They were pine down, scented, glowed, fixed to the floorboards. A crack in the door, the monkeys watched. They jumped right on their cake. The moment the twist had gone inside. And the roly poly bird watched. And the other birds flew in and out catched a glimpse of this extraordinary sight. Up to 28, the monkeys escaped. That evening, Muggle Rump and his family went up to the big wood on top of the hill and in the tallest tree of all, they built a marvelous tree house. All the birds, except the big ones, the crows and the rooks and magpies, made a nest to the tree house so that nobody could see it from the ground. You can see it. Up forever, 
you know, to the wonderful neighbors. But not a smuggler one. It's a lovely place. Just you wait till the winter comes. The Wally Polly birthday. Monkeys doesn't like cold weather today. They most certainly don't quite smuggle one. I don't want to so very cold over here. It's all snow and ice. To the Wally Polly bird. Sometimes it's a cold. The bird will wake up in the morning and with his feet frozen to the bird that he been roasting on. Then what shall we do? Quite muggle wub. My family will be all deep freeze. No, they won't, said the Wally Polly bird. Because when the first leaves start falling, from the trees and the autumn, you can all fly home to Africa with me. Don't be ridiculous, Ugly Mom said. Monkeys can fly. You sit on my back, said the Wally Polly Bird. I shall take you one on a time. You'll travel with Wally Polly Super Jet and it wouldn't cost you a penny. Chapter 29 the twists get the swings. And down here in the horrid house, Mr. and Mrs. Trick are still stuck upside down to the floor in the living room. It's all your fault, yelled Mr. Trick, trashing his legs in the air. Rather one, your ugly old cow, who went hopping around shouting, We are upside down, we are upside down! And you are the one who said to stand on our heads and will be the right way up your whisk of the old war dog. Scream Mrs. Trent. Now we'll never get free. We're stuck here forever. And maybe stuck he for here forever, said Mr. Trent. But not me. I'll go to get away. Mr. Trent. Wiggled and squirmed and stirred as he chuggled and churned. But the sticky glue held him to the floor just as tightly as it had once held the poor birds in the big dead tree. He was still as upside down as ever, standing on his head. But heads are not made to be stood upon. If you stand on the head for a very long time, the horrible things happen. And this was where Mr. Tread got his biggest shock at all. With so many weight on it from up above, he had been able to get squashed in his body. Quite soon, it had disappeared completely, sunk out into the fat of his puppy neck. I'm swinging! Burbled Mr. Twit. So I am! Quite Mrs. Twit. Help me, call a doctor! yelled Mr. Twit. I'm getting the dreaded swings! And so he was. Mrs. Twitch was getting the dreaded shrinks too. 
and this time it wasn't the fake. It was the real thing. The head shrunk into their necks. Then their necks shrunk, began shrinking in their bodies. And their bodies began shrinking into their legs. And their legs began shrinking into their feet. And one week later, on a nice Sunday afternoon, a man called Fred, Fred came round to read the gas meter. When nobody answered the door, Fred peeped into the house and there he saw on the floor of the living room two bundles of old clothes, two pairs of shoes and a walking stick. There was nothing more left in this world of Mr. and Mrs. Twit, and everyone, including Fred, shouted, Hooray!